0: Hey everybody! Welcome to today's episode of The Suspense Is Killing Me. I am overjoyed with today's guest, Chad Lutsky. What's going on, Chad? How you doing, man? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. This is this has been a long time coming. I was, you know, trying to connect with you a couple months back. I've mm-hmm. been hearing about how awesome you are the whole time from Zach Bohannon, mutual <laughs> friend of ours. So Zach's like, "Hey, have you met Chad yet?" I'm like, "We're getting there, man. We're getting there." Um. And we were able to get this together. It is early February. Dude, you've got a book coming out. Like you just had a book out and you got another book coming out in two weeks. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: by the time people hear this, it'll be the week of the launch. We'll be within a week of the launch. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but um, dude, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I appreciate
1: you having me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You've got so
0: much going on, man. Like this is great. (laughs) So that too much. Yeah. Well, it keep you busy. It keep you keep you moving man so how long how long have you been writing i mean you've been you've
1: been pumping out fiction for a while uh a decade this year a decade in may i think is when i uh i mean i wrote some short stories i think around 94 Mm -hmm. and then uh got married started a family got addicted to world of warcraft uh (laughs) got just really busy with all kinds of stuff and then um i yeah i didn't i didn't write for 20 years or something like that and then i I, there was a there's a kid that i met he's the son of uh he's not a kid now he he actually just got out of the uh was it the army or navy or something like that shout out to ian but his dad and i were best friends and i met him and he's like yeah i've been writing and i was like writing really it's like yeah i just got published i was like you're 17. And so he started (laughs) telling me about this whole like publishing world. I was like, so what you're saying is you don't have to send hard copies in a self-addressed stamped envelope anymore. He's like, no, dude, you just email stuff. People do email now. I was like, really? And I was, that was part of my big problem why I didn't want to, I just Mm. don't, didn't have the patience. Yeah. And when I found that out, uh, I wrote a story uh, to uh, a magazine and uh, got it published. Um, and I was like, that's it. This is me. I'm a writer now. And I started this blog (laughs) and I got a website and that was May of, uh, you know, 2014. Oh, wow. And I just started, uh, writing and then I wrote for a couple magazines, like famous monsters of Filmland and, and, uh, room Oregon, but, you know, it kept getting short stories published and, uh, writing novellas and started self pub, a lot of those. And then, um uh, I wanted to remain like hybrid. Mm -hmm. I sold a lot of short stories and stuff like that, but yeah, only, only 10 years. I mean, I, I guess that's a a long time, but not in comparison to maybe some, some other people who've been doing it, you know, a lot longer, but yeah, I didn't, I'm going to be 54 this month. And so I didn't even start until, you know, I was in my forties. Well, you don't look it, dude. Well, thanks. Yeah. And I, I didn't start again until my forties. So,
0: you know, you talked about, you took 20 years off. I did Mm -hmm. kind of the same thing and I joined the military and was doing, doing that for 22 years. So I had 25 years between writing and writing. Yeah. And, um, uh, that's awesome, man. I'm really glad that you came around, you know, to, to writing and that you stuck into it and you did it. And you got, I mean, that's a lot, that's a lot, dude. And that was heyday times for self-publishing to kind of take off. Um, so you kind of, walked into the self-publishing um
1: i think i missed the the what do they call it the kindle gold thing yeah i think i missed that and there was yeah. that, you know when you're new like that you like get involved with groups that are like yeah. do this do that and then you're you're like you start to realize how small that group is or that yeah. maybe it's like you're not going anywhere and then you kind of go to another group and and you you know they're kind of like stepping stones for each not sure. that you're using these people. It's just that it's it's good to network <clears throat> and to continue to network yeah. broader and and eventually make friends with uh, you know people who know more about what they're talking about. Um, right. Otherwise, you can get stuck in this uh, thing where it's like, well, this isn't Zach, for example, our good friend Zach Bohannon. He writes the thing that he does does not work for me. It never would. He writes. He has a niche that's popular. Yep. And he writes a series and he does rapid release and stuff. I write the, the most original thing I can possibly think of that hasn't been done before. Hmm. I come up with a cover that hasn't been done before. And uh, uh, it kind of, every time I do this, it doesn't do me any favors. But it's <laughs> like, I, you know, where Zach, and I'm sure Zach would be the first person to tell you, the covers that he has for some of his books, we've seen that cover a hundred times on other books that are, hmm. but it's important because it tells you, you know, you know, people love familiarity and they, when they look at a cover, they want to know exactly what they're getting. And when you see that, that, that the, the back of some girl with a crossbow looking at abandoned buildings and ruins, you know, exactly what kind of book this is. Right. And yes, it's the same cover that we've seen before, but I, I, Go the other route. I, I write the standalones. I don't write novels mainly. I mean, I've written some. I mainly wrote novellas. Uh, I, I come up with uh, original concepts that I feel like haven't been done before. And all of that um, doesn't make me any money. So, I mean, it, it does, <laughs> but it's harder. If I would have just, uh, but if I would have followed like Zach's thing, he's like, well, you know, do this or whatever. Um, it doesn't. Amazon ads would be a good example. They work really well, but they work really well for somebody in a series. Yes, if you got a ten book series, all you have to do is advertise one book. I've yep. got like twenty books out. Yeah, that's twenty different ads. Um, yes, so it's a <laughs> yes, whole different thing, man. And I'm, really I'm well is, aware man. that that where the money is at and where book sales are, are really at is series. People love their series.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a big thing. I mean, as a series writer. um, I enjoy it because, uh, I need that. Uh, I guess I need that. uh, I don't know what it is like that adrenaline shot of finishing a book and moving into the next one. And, but at the same time, I don't have to leave my characters behind. And I'm a little heartbroken knowing that, you know, by the middle of the summer, I'm going to be done with this trilogy. I'm writing it's three novels. And then I'm like, I'm already starting to feel sad about leaving this little world behind. I'm like, I don't want to stop writing these books, but I know I have to. So, but I mean, it, it is a real thing. I mean, like you said, there is a there is a different type of um, audience for for that type of of yeah. of, of approach. And um, I, I mean, it, this actually brings up a really good question because when I was looking at your stuff, I, I almost always look for themes. You mm-hmm. know, when I first see somebody's work, and when I opened up your website, which by the way, people go check out chadlutsky.com. Uh, Bruises on a butterfly is the very first title because um, it's your most recent release. Mm-hmm. Um, on the top of your website. And then underneath that's Bed Makers, which is coming out, right? Uh, and then below that, you've got a slew of other books that you've released in the last year. And I was looking across them and I'm like, these are all like unrelated. They're all standalone. Yeah. None of these really look like the other. So, you know, one of my questions for you was gonna be uh, originally like, hey, what, like, what's your, if I had to put a tag on what kind of fiction you like, what type of horror you like to write? what, what subgenre do you usually fit in? Um, but then I was looking and I'm like, I don't know that I can ask
1: that question and get one. answer. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, truthfully, I, I, I do. I get bored. Like you're talking about writing three books and I'm just like, Oh, you know, writing th- three novels using the same characters and just the same like genre. I don't know that. Does that hurt your I mean, heart? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like I have like a, Add or something, and then I need to like. Okay, that, that's done. Let's get to the crime now. You know, yeah, I, already did yeah. I already did this. Okay, then now let's go into the coming of age. Yeah. I, I, if I had to label it something, I just, I just give it like a broad term of dark fiction. Yep. Because none of it is really that happy. Uh, most of my books are uh, have definitely glimmers of hope. Uh, there's a couple that are just absolutely mm. bleak right to the end. Mm. Um, that have no hope whatsoever, <clears throat> but uh and a lot of them are sad i'm I'm known for being like the uh the heartfelt horror guy um Hmm. that uh makes people cry and stuff like that through bruises does that bedmakers with john Bowden does that bruises is more of like a straightforward like coming of age uh horror Hmm. whereas bedmakers is more of crime thriller but they're both very john writes sad stuff too and i don't know we're not depressed people it's just uh it's what we like to uh write about so but I've written I've written uh, crime noir humor too. That's that feels very much like Joe Lansdale. Mm. Uh, I wrote a western um, yeah. that people are calling you know these splatter westerns or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. is that how the skin sheds? Yeah,
0: I saw that and I was like, oh, it's an interesting cover because at first I didn't think western, you know. But yeah. then I saw the two characters. I'm like,
1: well, that's very clearly western. Um, yep. But I I normally stay away from. Uh, anything that has to do with anything supernatural. I just don't Mm. really enjoy. I like writing like Mm -hmm. real life uh, horrors um, or, or dark situations Mm -hmm. that someone might go through or someone could go through. And so, um, I mean, I've written a handful of, you know, definitely my share of supernatural stuff in short stories, but not really in my books, I guess bruises would be, even though it's not supernatural, it's a little bit more, uh, sort of cosmic uh mm. it has to do with uh in, even maybe even a little bit sci-fi a gotcha bit. but um yeah you know people often say my stuff isn't really horror at all anyway that it's horror adjacent and i'm right i agree uh but then again some normie who has never read anything beyond you know Uh, Nicholas Sparks or something. If they pick up one of my books, they're going to be like, oh, this is horrifying, you know? Yeah. And that's when you're like, let me introduce you to Brian Bowyer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: We were both talking about how awesome Brian is (laughs) right before we came on. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are yeah, we're both reading Old Too Soon. I just finished it like literally an hour before the podcast and you're in it right now. And I was like, dude, uh, I'm struggling a little bit in my mind how I'm going to write this review for this book. My initial review is goddamn. Like it's yeah. a brutal, brutal book. Uh, it's awesome. It's a great. I enjoyed every minute of it. I didn't put it down. But um, yeah, you just share that with them if they think you're too extreme. Um, and you'll say, no check this out. This is fun." So, tell me a little bit about bruises on a butterfly. What? Where did you get the concept for for bruises?
1: Um, well, I'm a huge coming of age fan. I've written a lot of it. Uh, I don't know why. Just I, I, I thought I had one idea. Once I got that out, uh, I wrote a book called a "Foster Homes and Flies," and I was like, "Cool, got my coming of age thing done." And then I've written like six or seven more. I don't know. And uh, this is just another one. I, I guess I'm. I like getting to the head of a, a young boy who's just. Learning about life and trying to figure things out and just recalling those days, reminiscing. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's nostalgic for me. I don't know. But this uh, deals with a a, a very small tribe, three friends, who built a fort in a Michigan cornfield. And uh, one of them runs away from an abusive home and decides he's going to live at the fort. Um, And one night, uh, something happens that starts to change him and uh, his friends have to come together and and try to help him. But to answer your question, I think the original idea came from, I was watching the movie, the Nicolas Cage movie, Color Out of Space. Oh, I haven't seen it. Okay. Well, there's a scene in there where I only saw it once and I can't remember exactly what happens, but there is a, either a woman or a boy. I can't remember. I think it might be a woman who gets struck by this like Lightning thing or something, and she starts, uh, basically melding together, like her her uh, melting, like her limbs and all that stuff, and she's kind of like this blob of flesh. And I just thought, man, that is cool. That looks cool. And so, (laughs) I just I kind of took that image, and I um, I thought I'm gonna use I'm gonna like use that like image uh, of that, and the rest of it. Um, I, I'm a pantser, so a lot of everything else just, you know, oftentimes I'll come, I'll just have the idea, like a morsel, sometimes an ending as well, and that I just start writing and then things kind of unfold. So it wasn't really, I, I don't have any, other than that, I don't really have any cool story to tell you how. <laughs> no, that's, came actually, up with it. that's
0: actually pretty cool. I mean, uh, coming of age is so, uh, it's so, like you said, it's so relatable. Yeah. um and i really find that it's like it, it I, I empathize a lot with coming of age mcs uh so mm-hmm. uh yeah that's that's great um and did you do the cover on that one or was that generated- no that's uh
1: francois valencourt did it. okay gotcha uh, he's done, uh he's a great he's a, a great uh artist he's done some i think some limited stephen king stuff and um uh but uh, yeah, he's he's been around. He's good. Uh, he's a good artist. It's great. Now, cover. did you did you
0: have any music that kind of used as inspiration while you were writing that book? Was there something that was just like, do you write with music going, or or do you not listen while you write?
1: Uh, it depends. Most of the time, I do not write with music because it distracts me. Because I'm a musician, and I just I.
0: Uh, <laughs> or, or maybe, you'd, maybe you, would maybe pulled you just, in. Like,
1: yeah. I get pulled in. Yeah. I, I start listening to all of the little intricacies yep. uh, and all of the, the way that I think musicians hear music way different than a non-musician. Yeah. We know what goes into uh, some, you know, I, I, my wife proves this to me all the time. Well, here's, you know, listening to a song or something. And I'm just like, man, you hear that? She can't even hear like the bass mm. in a song, for example. Right. Which I can understand why someone might not be able to pick out the bass. Right, and uh, so, but uh, a music musician knows all of these little things and all the little nuances and stuff. And if it's something that's I'm familiar with that I really enjoy, forget it, man. I'm probably not going to get too much work done. <laughs> but then again, sometimes I have forced myself to uh, get into a certain type of mood for yep. scenes or whatever. And there have been whole books where I wrote with. Uh, a very specific playlist in mind. Uh, I wrote a book called The Same Deep Water as You. That's uh, the song is uh, the title is taken from a Cure song, hmm. and I listened to uh, the Cures Disintegration album. And then I think that's the only thing I listened to while I wrote that book. And I na- end up naming all of the chapters in there off uh, from songs from that, oh. and I even sprinkled in a few of the dialogues or, get, or a few of the lines i sprinkled very organically yeah. some uh, lyrics into some of the dialogue and stuff from the album so it's like my it's my personal like uh i don't like i've made it my soundtrack for that book and when it came out a lot of people uh found that out and they listened to the album um while they read that but that's the only one that's really if i listened to anything during uh bruises it was probably a soundtrack Mm. or like some italian horror film or one of my favorites to write to is uh, i can't remember who does it but it's a soundtrack for a movie called summer of 84 mm. kind of like this cool synth wave stuff okay uh, i really like that a lot so if i do write to music oftentimes it is uh soundtrack music but i have there yeah like i said there have been i remember building a playlist for something and it had a lot of it had a lot of real somber stuff like uh what what what's her what's her the Del Rey chick's name? What's her name? Oh Lena Del Rey. Yeah. It had some of her, like Mazzy Star, some of Danzig's slower uh stuff, more bluesy stuff, and um things like that. It was mm. it was a certain tone. Yeah. I think I did that for the pale white, I can't remember, but uh and then for Skullface Boy, because the protagonist is a big Ace Freely fan. I listened to mostly Kiss and um <laughs> i was sure. about to say you can't
0: get past that if you if you bring him in or you bring them into the book it's you know it's it becomes a theme automatically <laughs> uh, i was never a big kiss fan i wasn't against kiss i didn't mm-hmm. dislike kiss i just never was never really latched on to kiss but i was always fascinated by how ravenous the kiss fans were in my life that were into kiss like my bass player mm-hmm. and I were huge into Pantera. It was like the early 90s, you know, mm-hmm. and Pantera were massive Kiss fans. You know, Dime was a big Kiss fan. And yeah. um, my bass player, Brian, was was huge into them. And I'm like, wait, are you just into Kiss because Dime's into Kiss? And he's like, no, dude, they're <laughs> freaking amazing. Like every year, like he dressed like Kiss for Christmas. <laughs> like it was all this stuff. And I'm like, I appreciate your fandom, even though it's not my gig. You know, it's, it's pretty cool, it's- man.
1: If someone doesn't like like Kiss, that's I don't know, ten years younger than me. I get it, but right. in the '70s, you know, I was born oh, in 1970, God. so it's huge. Nobody knew for te- for a decade. Nobody knew what they looked like. You know, right. this wasn't like Slipknot where they had masks on for a couple of years and then took them and off. And then they were like, all right, this is like, yeah, <laughs> we're this rich is now. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is a whole yeah, and it's like yeah, we've done this before. Well, Kiss was like the first one to do that. A lot yeah. of their stuff was geared toward children. You know, you had mm. lunch boxes and the dolls and kiss this kiss that so i had kiss all over in my bedroom and Mm -hmm. um it was a huge gene simmons was was the one that i was attracted to probably because the whole horror thing yeah but but yeah most most boys um and definitely a lot of girls but most boys that grew up in the 70s huge kiss fans because they were just such an enigma it's like who are these people yeah what do they look like (laughs) and you just rock out to the music and they're just like these Comic booky iconic figures that are so mysterious. Now Gene Simmons, there's nothing mysterious about him <laughs> at, at all. You know, he's shown us everything. everything yeah. <laughs> so that that's gone. Yeah, there's no more mystery to Gene Simmons. <laughs> plus, plus, I only liked Kiss up to, I think it was like 1980, 1981. Like uh, they still had their makeup on. Kiss unmasked, which they still had their makeup on for that. But that was like the last album that I was like, I think I think it's because I discovered punk rock very soon after that. Oh yeah. Once I found out uh, uh, punk, I was like, what what is this? Yeah, very
0: raw sounding compared to Kiss. Yeah, (laughs) or like an organic sound to it. You know, I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, that really kind of set punk apart from what what else was happening. Even though there was so much. Uh, I mean, I mean, it was like the, it was like disco times, man, you know, like we almost forget like when punk came out, it was like mm-hmm. so different than everything else. I like think about grunge. I mean, grunge obviously ended up commercial pretty quickly, but you know, the when the, when, when it first hit, it was like, wow, this sounds nothing like hair bands, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was all over the place. It's like, God, I remember like nine 1990 just being like, please someone save us. Um, from from all the the hair and hairspray and makeup and everything, even though some of it had its place, but I was I was a big thrash metal fan, so I was into Slayer and Anthrax and Megadeth oh, yeah. and Metallica and yeah.
1: Well, that was that yeah. was I discovered thrash just right before um, I discovered punk, and so uh, yeah, my yeah. I think my third, first thrash record, I think Ride the Lightning had just come out, oh my and someone had made someone had made me a tape of that, and then I went and saw them open for ozzy for uh master of puppets and, oh, and so and then you know was that with Cliff? Like, yeah it was three oh. months before he died yeah
0: yeah i was about to say dude he died on that tour yeah god that's insane man that's incredible
1: yeah it was uh it was great and um i mean i was there mainly to see ozzy because I'm, I'm a sure. huge black sabbath fan yeah me too and, and ozzy fan i really like the first couple albums but uh yeah uh but I was also there to see uh master puppets or master puppets metallica i did not own master <clears throat> puppets yet but it, because it was i think still fairly new but uh um i did have Red Line lightning and i did like that
0: hell yeah man so so it's fat okay i i love that you brought out the point that like sometimes you can't listen to music while you're writing because it pulls you yeah. in a different direction and it, it basically becomes a distraction at that point mm-hmm. um i've had a lot of other authors on the show that have talked about how they can listen to music but they can't listen to music with lyrics because the lyrics mess yes that's another thing yeah Mm -hmm. um uh so i i i don't tend to like my brain kind of goes right into the book and the music is playing and kind of like fuel but um i have been writing a lot more to instrumentals than uh than i previously did just because i love it um and i'm writing some kind of dark griefy kind of stuff so it Mm-hmm. lends itself well to that. Um, all right, man. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the bed makers for a moment. So you wrote this with John Bowden
1: mm-hmm. and uh, what was the inspiration behind this story? Uh, we knew that we were going to write together. The idea was, Hey man, let's write a book together every year because I love writing with John. He is uh, probably my favorite, like indie writer. Um, That's great. His prose is just beautiful. Uh, it's poetic. Um, it's not what I would write, um, uh, but he does it so well. Mm. And <clears throat> I, I just, I, I like him. I really like him as a person. And so we're very close. So we wrote a novella together. Actually, he uh, the story goes that he wrote a short story. He sent it to me and I was like, dude, this short stories. I mean, it was like 3,500 words, 3,000 words, 2,500. I can't remember. It was too short. I was like, this is an amazing story. He's like, yeah, well, it got rejected. I'm going to send it out again somewhere else. I was like, okay, man, good luck. I was like, but I think it needs something else. I I think that instead of sending this to some anthology where a few people are going to read it you know the first couple of months and then it's going to be lost in this anthology where nobody is ever going to see it again it deserves more and i think that you should turn it into a book he's like i am not doing that and so he uh you're like what if i do got, it for you He got <laughs> well it's pretty much what i said he he got another rejection letter and then and i said i'm telling you dude this deserves to be like a book and i and i even told him um I was like, I would, I would, I'd help you with it. You know, we could do this together if you wanted if because he didn't really, really want to touch it or tackle it or anything. He thought he would ruin it. And I was like, Oh, I got some great ideas. And he said, well, I'm going to send it out again. And I said, okay, but I hope it gets rejected because I don't want to see this story be buried into something. So uh, it got rejected. And then I told him my ideas and he's like, all right, man, have at it. So, uh i sent him i don't know 2000 words back of of uh and he's like okay i think i like this he was very sensitive at first about it because hmm. this is his baby and i was very respectful uh anyway we wrote that we ended up adding another you know 15000 words to this thing and some new characters and stuff like that but the very beginning and the very end were like the uh john Bowden sandwich they remained intact and uh everything in between and it, it it's um, we got a lot of good, uh, great response from that. That was, you know, like five years ago or something like that. I, I think maybe longer, you mean more like six or seven. And I always thought we'd write one a year. We, would you know, we would do something, you know, start from scratch this time rather than using the skeleton of his. So, um, but we both got busy with stuff. And then finally in 2020, I think it was, he, we started writing the bed makers, um, uh, which was uh was called something else at the time like uh it had a joke title like grave diggers with a z <laughs> it was it was talked we were just joking yeah. around <laughs> like so cool. great dirty grave diggers <laughs> something like that but you um, could have called it
0: the bed makers with a z <laughs>
1: yeah but it was just it, we yeah. knew it would never Just know, a throwaway title yeah yeah so um yeah it took us uh like 3 years to write it because we both had so much going on, especially me. And he works uh, crazy hours Hmm. um, So uh, with his job. So um, I don't remember the initial genesis of this other than I found an article of a guy, and I think he's from a different country, Russia or Poland or something. And he was storing... um, uh, girls he was i think he was grave robbing recently deceased girls and making dolls out of them and preserving them in his house and there were several in his house wow and i saw this article and it had pictures of these dolls <clears throat> and they were very creepy um and i sent it to him and i was like hey i got an idea because we already had kind of like some bones for this story that we we're going to mm-hmm. do i was like what about so even hearing the, all of this, it gives nothing away in the bed makers because there's hardly any of that idea in it. Hmm. Um, it just, the cool thing about collaboration or just writing on your own is the ideas give birth to more, give birth to more, give birth to more. And then that the the end product looks nothing like the Genesis sometimes. Right. And so, but when you're collaborating, I think it's important to just constantly throw ideas out. Even if you, you're just it's like you're throwing that your, the other, your, your friend, your co-author is a, you know, they're just like this uh, dartboard at this wall and you're, and you're, you're both act as walls and you're, you're throwing stuff back and forth to each other. Even it doesn't matter how dumb it might sound because that thought could trigger uh, a better idea from your friend. So you're just shooting these sparks. Right. And some of them are going to catch fire. And that's, that was one of the sparks was that, and that it turned into, you know, something completely completely different. Um, but I remember that being one of the, one of the things and I, and I recall, uh, being happy with what we had because the writing was so well, but the, the done well, but the story itself, I said, dude, this is boring. We've got to do, <laughs> we've got to do something. So this was round one, you guys drafted it. And no, this was like, this was after we had written like 10 or 12, 10 or 12,000 words. Okay. Gotcha. And then I was like, the writing is really good, but this, this, this book is boring. We're looking at it through biased eyes, and uh, but your average reader is just going to be like, you know, any time, guys, you know, when's, you gonna, when's something going to happen? <laughs> so I so said, we got to, we got to, you know, throw some stuff here. We got to make stuff happen. We got to, and that day we came up with so many cool ideas that changed the whole course of the book. They got really excited about it. Hmm and then soon after that it didn't take us long to to finish it after that you know uh maybe three or four months wow um and then uh joe meinhart from crystal lake publishing had actually sent me an email stating that because uh, i they he had published uh the pale white and he mm. really loved that book and he's like um i'm not getting a lot of stuff in that i'm super happy with do you have anything um and I was like, well, I'm writing a book with John Bowden. I'll send it to you when we're done. It's like, perfect. And he he read it and he's like, I want this. This is, you Excellent. know, I love this book. So um, it's one of the best things I think both John and I have, have written uh, together or separate. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's one of the most accessible things mm. as far as like, uh, it's not, too weird or anything um it's kind of a straightforward crime thriller it has some great uh twists uh, lots of cool things going on and definitely tons of heart uh, very lovable characters and i could see it being um uh you know we're not we're not marketing it as a horror book it's just it's just, it's just not right but uh, i think it would make a great movie and um i mean i'm really excited and very very proud of uh, what we've done and hopefully we will write i mean we i had an idea for a book called trailer park coven it's about uh just these white trash uh women who start this horrible coven in the trailer park and we it's supposed to be kind of a you know some comedy it sounds fun yeah like a kind of a grit lit comedy thing yeah. and we did start that years ago even before the Bedmakers. and hopefully we'll get back to the trailer park coven nice so i mean the bed
0: makers to me when i first saw it i thought i thought uh, a horror because you know you you write horror mm-hmm. not all you don't write it horror exclusively but you you mm-hmm. write a good bit of horror um but yeah you know, after hearing you talk about the story i could see where you could you know this could be in like a crime kind of yeah. uh thriller kind of world um the cover is amazing i mean we were talking talking a little mm-hmm. bit before about covers because you do some custom cover designs and I had asked you, "Hey, did you make this cover?" And you you had said that
1: this was someone that Crystal Lake had had uh, hired yep. to do. Joanne Joanne Widomska from Beautiful. I believe Poland, but I could be wrong. But I think uh, I think from I think she's a Polish artist. At, uh, she yeah, it. She did a great job. Yeah, <laughs> she did <laughs> a great job. Really cool. We wanted cool. something that was we wanted something that was uh, a little ominous, hmm. but said just enough to go. What's this body in this car? How did this, What's going on here? Right, and uh, which is a, a big part of the of the story. And and this thing comes out February
0: thirteenth. So if you guys are listening to this, you know it's we're close to the publication date on on the publication of this podcast. But if you're listening to this in the future, <laughs> it's yeah. out.
1: It's it, it came out on February thirteenth. And that is my birthday. So you're obligated to buy. What really? Yeah, yeah. that's awesome, it's. Dude. Joe asked me what date did I want and uh in february and i saw that the 13th was on a tuesday which is when most books are released yeah and i was like Ooh, that could really manipulate some buyers into grabbing <laughs> this book if i tell them it's my birthday yeah, yeah like, you gotta play the 13th up. yeah
0: you gotta play that out man <laughs> all part of the hustle <laughs> um well i will i will definitely uh shout shout to the rooftops about it on social media that week um thanks yeah, it's going to be a really active week. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that book, man. I'm going to have to grab a copy as soon as it's up now. The, oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: I was just going to say there currently is a limited edition through Thunderstorm out right now. Uh, there's 60 copies. Uh, I think there's still some left. Those usually go pretty fast. It's an expensive book. It's $110, but um, people like to collect books. Yeah. Collectibles, man. they so, a big deal it might be gone probably will be gone by the time this airs but uh, if not you can go to thunderstorm and check it out nice so that, is that thunderstorm.com
0: thunderstormbooks.com okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like that that would be an awesome imagine getting that url all right let's see thunderstorm all right i'll check that out man see if i can get a link in the in the show notes um so tell me a little bit about uh, Patreon, you've got a Patreon. I'm a, I'm a big fan of subscriptions for authors. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even care what John you're you're in. You're in. Uh, as a as a small business owner, I have a great appreciation for diversifying your portfolio and the way mm-hmm. that people can access you and all the things.
1: Um, tell me a little bit about your membership. Um, uh, I don't have any kind of like set structure where I, I'm just. I'm, I'm too busy to have like well Tuesdays are for this and Wednesdays are for the or anything right, like that. So right. I try to give I treat my patrons my patrons as though they are just like my best friends that live across the street that hear all of my secrets. Nice. So they get to they get to see like uh everything first, cover reveals, um here's what the here's what the mock up looked like or here's what the crappy drawing looks like, all this behind the scenes stuff. Um uh, there's been a couple books that I've written uh, for them to see as first drafts, and they can um, just read it it's at the ugly stage. It's not so ugly because I, I tend to edit as I go. So um, by the time I'm done with the first draft, it's pretty clean. Uh, nice. but I'll, I'll post you know chapters at a time. I've done uh, one where I wrote short stories exclusively for um, my patrons. And then I took those short stories, and, and and the higher tier patrons get to be in a short story, and they also get to choose the, um, the like uh, the the theme of the short story. And I took those short stories, and I released uh, an anthology, or I'm sorry, a collection called "Spicy Constellation and Other Recipes." And I, it was, uh, the paperback is. Uh, Patreon exclusive. So unless you're Patreon, you don't you can't get your hands on the paperback. Unless it's on Amazon for two hundred and sixty three dollars or whatever I set the price astronomically high so that no one would buy it because it was the only <laughs> way that I could because it's independently released and the only right. way I could get get copies made, buy them myself and have them uh, offered to uh, patrons. And the but there is a hardcover version and then the Kindle is available too. But the but the paperback that has an altered it. Uh, the original that has the alternate um cover is you got to be a patron to get get your hands on that but they seem to really like that and right now i'm toward the end of writing a it's not really a choose your own adventure it's more like a um it's choose your own adventure in in the in the sense that that's how we're writing it so mm. but that's not how the your the book's going to be read so it's like gotcha my patrons i put up polls and they're like what genre And i'm like what genre Uh, okay, here's, it'll be like multiple choice. Here's four or five, uh, different things, which, which, uh, topic would you guys like to pick? And then, um, some guy, some people will throw different ideas out. And so it's turned into this, uh, crazy, wacky, splattery, bloody thing that I wouldn't normally write just because of some of the answers that they're giving me. Uh, It's outrageous. I don't even know if I'm going to, and I I gave it a beautiful cover, but I don't even know if I'm going to make it available to the public once it's actually uh, released. (laughs) I may just uh, make it another Patreon exclusive and then get copies of it and then um, make it available for, you know, like 15 bucks or something, uh, postage paid uh, to patrons. And and I do videos, Q&A type of stuff. Uh, But yeah, I really, I really like to, and then everybody gets listed in the, in in each book. I've got a a gratitude section except for bruises did not offer me a a gratitude page. So, um, Hmm. but my patrons are always listed in the back of that. That's awesome. um, Yeah. All that kind of stuff. How long ago did you start that? Uh, Maybe three years ago. Very cool. Something like that.
0: Yeah, so you might have some OGs in there, man. You might have some people that have just been along for the ride, you know? For sure. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's yeah, great. So yeah, that's I mean, if you time. if you guys are like die hard, you know, Chad fans and you want to jump on his Patreon, go check it out. It's uh, patreon.com slash Chad Lutsky. It's you get you you won yeah. in. Oh,
1: cool. <laughs> well, awesome. if you're a if you're a twenty dollar patron, which is my highest tier, then you get uh free paperbacks whenever I have a book released. I just set Oh, today to uh, um, for the bruises, and then when Bedmakers comes out, the twenty dollars patrons get uh, a- again another free book. And then nice. if you, the five dollar patrons get if if you've been a patron for at least three months at five dollars, then you just get my you get all my books on Kindle for free. Awesome, man!
0: Very cool. So yeah, I mean, I'm a like I said before, I'm a big fan of the subscription and, and membership options for authors and readers Uh, and i think this is a really cool way for you to connect with your your true diehards you know what i'm saying yeah um and i hope that they see that the same way like i i'm I'm glad you put that on your website because that's that's how i found it so go check out the website and then go check out chad's patreon all right dude um i promised that i would explore an area outside of the writing (laughs) and the things related directly to the writing And we talked about music a bit, and uh, you and I both have a a bit of a a musical background and everything. But you surprised me when you told me that you had just launched a brand new YouTube channel called The Creepy Mm -hmm. Couch, Mm -hmm. and you and your wife are making these really cool reaction movies or uh, reaction videos. Um, Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about Creepy Couch and what you guys got going on there?
1: Yeah, Uh, in November, I I just got finished with a writing to, uh, I finished a book in in October and then NaNoWriMo. I don't know how many people know what that is. A lot of, most people do who bother writing or whatever. I wrote another book during November and then started another one. And then I have not written since November, other than I think some stuff for my Patreon page. So, um, it's because I have invested a bunch of money and time in, into learning, uh, different stuff like lighting and cameras and all that kind of stuff to launch a YouTube channel with my wife. And we cleaned out one of our extra bedrooms and it's a studio and we have a couch in there and it's a creepy couch and we (laughs) sit on it and we watch horror movies. I am like the horror aficionado, but I haven't seen all of them. So Initially, we were going to do, well, let's watch these movies my wife hasn't seen. Because she's she doesn't mind horror, but she certainly doesn't seek it out. Right. And there's plenty she hasn't seen. But as we did one that I had already seen and she hadn't, I realized this isn't a lot of fun. Um, so <laughs> we're sticking mainly to stuff that I have never seen as well. Ah. Um, or that it's been so long since I've seen it, I don't even really remember anything about it. Um nice. but I'm a I'm a fan, I'm I'm a fan of reaction channels, but not reaction channels who use um I should say I'm a fan of music reaction channels. Right, me too. I I like I, I think there's something about it gives you that feeling of like when your buddy comes over and you get your records out and you're turning somebody on to yeah. something. It gives you that same kind of like dopamine or whatever that, mm-hmm. that you you're you know you're kind of getting off on them getting off on this new music that they're hearing for the first time. And so right. watching these reactions to people that are really appreciate some of your favorite songs, especially some of your favorite parts of songs that, that where that gives you goosebumps. I dig that a lot. Yeah. Me and, too. and then you have reaction channels for other stuff. And one of those is movies. And a lot of those are just like, Like a repetitive, um, you know, jump scare stuff like, oh, oh, that's gross and and stuff. So I told my wife, I was like, I would like to do this, but we have to make it funny. We have to do it differently. And um, so we, that's what we, that's what we did. And that's why it's taken so long because the editing in a single video takes forever because of the extra stuff that we do. (laughs) And there's. It's a lot of work. There's some like cutaway family guy-ish type uh, cutaway scenes, very brief within the videos. Uh, We usually end them with some kind of very short blooper reel, but the, but the meat of it is it's more like, I feel like it's after editing so many of these, yes, the reaction is there and you get to see our thoughts. And so in that movie that, you know, the chick gets sawed in half and you want to see how my wife is about to gag, then yes, you get to see all that. But it's the relationship between my wife and I and seeing what 32 years together has like, yeah. built. Yeah. it's not that it's not that it's not that we're the old couple that fight. It's just, I don't know, as I'm watching this and and, and I'm hearing from some early feedback from friends and family and they're just like, uh i guess the word wholesome was thrown around to see people uh who really get along that know each other that well um uh, so that's part of it too and it's definitely different than your average uh, reaction channel that's for sure at least go to the go there and give me a sub because i'm trying to monetize this stuff
0: i i I was telling you before i subbed today when you told Mm -hmm. me about this and uh it's by the way it's at youtube dot com slash at creepy couch reacts if you guys are interested creepy couch reacts dude your video so he loaded a video three hours ago uh right before we came on
1: and we, we got to talk it's up to 45 now it was at cool. 31 when we started <laughs> so it's, like, it's not too bad considering yeah, yeah this is i I launched the channel six days ago and it's great um, i think we had 173 174 subs today yeah. Which is yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, I need a thousand and then I need four thousand hours viewed to before we monetize. But my good buddy Jason Brant, his a fellow author, and he is on uh he's one of the co-hosts with me on Final Guys and the other co-host on our our uh, podcast, Bleeding Page Podcast. And he has a a very successful YouTube channel where he's doing not the same thing, he's doing like so bad it's good movies. And he has a group of friends and or his wife. It's a completely different format. Um, but it's entertaining and it is funny. Um but uh yeah, I I am my channel. If you see the two, they're definitely not like each other. But he has ninety four thousand subscribers. Wow. And he 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 just he had a channel and then he decided, you know what? And he he just quit writing. Hmm. And um he put everything he had into these movies and he just was putting them out twice a week. And so, uh, I was like, well, dude, if you could do that, I can learn how to do that and do that. And so <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. I, I haven't been writing. Um, uh, and I'm kind of like resting on the, uh, you know, the fact that I have yeah. two books already and I've got a couple other books already written. So it's like, I'm not in any hurry, two right. books coming out, two books already written. Uh, to get back to that, so um, I'm hoping for good things with the with the podcast, and and um, it would be. I think it's a great way to meet people too, and have that. Mm-hmm. There's something about, or not podcast, but the YouTube channel. There's something about. You ever, if you're a fan of podcasts, you ever listen to podcasts, and you feel like you know those people. Yep. And you're in on the inside <laughs> jokes. They don't know who you are. You just know their <laughs> voice. You know uh, so much about them, and you just yeah. feel this. Uh, almost part of a community like and i want that for the channel hmm. you know um i want people to uh uh you know we we uh, would like to eventually do live streams um once in a while right um but only if uh you know we get enough uh subscribers and, we, and it starts to like jason has you know when we've got ten thousand subscribers and whatnot
0: not a bad gig um, and start doing it yeah yeah Yeah, i mean he
1: his wife quit his job he quit his job so and they're making uh making they're making all right yeah they're having fun and that's the coolest part is uh is is doing this with my wife because my wife and i last year we wrote and illustrated two children's books and that was a lot of fun working together wow and um i don't even know if there's are on my website i should put those up on my website (laughs) does she illustrate them we both did oh wow yeah, she, she, did most of the uh, the drawings. And then I took them and I used a program called Procreate on my iPad mm-hmm. and I digitally painted everything. And even um, though we wrote the stories together, it was a lot of, it was a learning curve because um, these are independently published as well. But right. the formatting is so much different than, oh, yeah, back. Uh, oh, they're yeah. Gorgeous, they're gorgeous books and they're for the ages of like three to five.
0: Really throw the thinking. throw the titles out there, man. Well, if anyone's interested,
1: yeah, one is called uh, "Where's My Cat Tonight," and the other one is called um, "Oh Gosh, Something About Dandelion Making a Wish." Uh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to look this up. That's all right.
0: Uh, there's probably three times a week where I get my titles all crisscrossed, and dandelion makes a wish come true. There you go. And they're and they're true children's books, three to five years old. Excellent. So, Hey, if you guys get, uh, you know, a little, uh, you want a little change of pace from the bed makers, <laughs> you can go check out where's my cat tonight. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great, man. Um, well, I'm really excited about your YouTube channel. I'm going to check out. I, I subscribed when we got on, when you told me it existed, cause I want to make sure I can watch the videos and, uh, and i'm not just saying that because you know i want to support you as a as a a dude who i now know but i'm really interested in this format because having taken so long away from culture you know i was Mm -hmm. out of the game for 22 years in the military i came like kind of back to normal life Mm -hmm. going i missed so much now would be
1: now would be a good time to bail You know what I mean? Like, back up maybe four to six years, get out of society, get off the grid, and yeah, maybe in twenty years. I mean, I spent eight eight years at sea. You know? Yeah, Yeah, you're coming back to this. This is not a good time.
0: Yeah, I can't. I kind of like I'm. (laughs) I'm like I'm like catching up on things. You know, people are like, "Do you haven't seen that movie?" And I'm like, "No, (laughs) you didn't read that book." I'm like, "No, I didn't even know that book existed." You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting reacclimated, I guess you could mm-hmm. say to, and it wasn't like I was gone the whole time, but in that world yeah. I worked in, you ate, slept and breathed your job. Mm-hmm. And then when you went home, you blacked out, woke up and then went back to work for another 16 hours. So it was just yeah. like, I might as well have been gone when I wasn't gone. And then when I was gone, I was gone. So, you know, you don't get, you don't get these things, uh, hundreds and thousands of miles offshore. Yeah. <laughs> so it just doesn't happen so i'm excited man i haven't seen terrifier your newest video Mm -hmm. um as of today on the site is terrifier i'm going to check that out now can i watch them and um still enjoy the movie afterward or do you definitely recommend someone watch the movie before they watch your videos
1: um i guess we we shoot it with the assumption that you've already seen the movie but i mean it's not full spoiler and you you know i can only show so much of the movie right without a
0: copyright uh, issue of
1: course a lot of it has to be censored like anything i'm very careful with the the uh yeah the what is it called the the with the parody the i can't remember that where you can legally like give oh, commentary right. or or right. something whatever mm-hmm. that's called it always yeah. escapes me but i'm very careful with uh, the amount of stuff that we use and that that, that i don't post anything that's Really graphic. Um, I even try to make a joke out of censorship uh, sometimes. So, if it—I mean—if it has to be censored, but yeah, we're we're not on their cussing and stuff. i, I just don't want to get any. I don't want to get any strikes against me for uh, right. so I'm a real good boy on there. <laughs> but but to answer your question, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you'd probably be. I mean, I'm I'm the type of person that thinks that you shouldn't even watch a trailer or read the back of a book. You should always go in blind. Gotcha. You should always go in blind. So, yeah. Uh, because you're just going to appreciate whatever it is you're reading or watching. You're definitely going to appreciate more not knowing a single thing about it. Right. Now, well, do, we did I recommend, good... do I recommend watching Terrifier? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hardcore. Well, after reading old too soon. <laughs> I don't, yeah I don't, yeah maybe not that
0: record I don't, I don't know if i can be uh i don't know if i can be any further uh influenced than brian has already uh done to me this week which by the way brian if you watch this dude good job because you you kept your promise man <laughs> we had talked about this book uh in a conversation earlier and he's like oh you gotta check this out man it's brutal and i was like okay and you are correct it is it is brutal so if you guys are into like the real hardcore stuff check that out um well, Chad, I mean, I, is there anything I'm forgetting, man? I mean, oh, I've got one thing that I forgot. What's up with that Schecter behind you?
1: What are you playing these days? Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's my newest guitar. And I'd never okay. even heard of a Schecter before. And my son brought one over. Uh, and I guess they've been around for a long time. And everybody yeah. else I talked to, they're like, oh, yeah, Schecter. I love Schecter. And I was like, really? I've been playing guitar since 86. <laughs> Yeah. In a bunch of different bands and stuff, recorded, and I've got all these guitars. I've never even heard of a Schecter. Yeah, and so, uh yeah, I only it was on sale Guitar Center, and I, I paid like three, four hundred bucks for it some. It's nice. gorgeous. Nice. It's, yeah, it's like purple, pink, sunburst kind of. Not really sunburst, but like a weird. I don't know. It's uh, it's very sexy. But it's nice. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, because Schecter does have some pretty cool. Uh, seven string models, too. Um, mm. uh, so, what if, if you had to pick it up right now? And I'm not asking you to do this, but if you did, what would probably be the first song you played? Would it be Sabbath? Or are we going Black Flag? Like you said, you like punk. You know, what are we doing? Oh, uh,
1: probably something that I had tried to, you know, not I mean, kiss. No, to be honest, maybe because I was just learning. Go a kiss song that i never knew recently and it's like if you don't consistently play that you know these riffs that you learned yep somehow man you just you're gonna forget them some of them will stick but if you don't like really ingrain it in there for months um, uh it's amazing how you can just uh yeah just lose it and not um but there are some things that i guess i spent so many hours on like i can play master puppets i've been playing i've been able to play that all the way through since I was like uh I think 17, 18. Right. So that's been a long time and I'm consistent go back to that. But um there are stuff, yeah, that's like uh even that I learned like last year that I was like, and how'd that go? Because I didn't put in those those hours, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I don't have the time now. i, I yeah. to be honest with you, I don't even play uh, my guitar that much. Right. Um, I just don't have time. I would love to if if I can make money uh, recording writing and recording music from home, I would that's where all of my time would go. Yeah, I would stop writing. Um, mm. I would stop doing everything and I would just write and record music. That's where my like real passion lies. yeah, is music. It but. is a, di- a totally different process,
0: but it is a very similar process. you know, I get where you're yeah. I get where you're at with that. and it's so much easier to do now, but it's still really difficult to do. you know, it's like the time, um I mean, we're in a much better position to do it now than we ever were but it's it's still really tedious time intensive work but it's man it's so fun <laughs> you know yeah i haven't recorded anything original in years but uh i have I all recorded, the gear to
1: do it <laughs> i recorded a song last year or two songs last year one was a uh a cover song for a local band from 81 here uh here in town called the latin dogs and yeah. i just you Know for giggles, I just uh recorded something from their seven inch, and then I recorded a uh um some soundtrack type stuff, gotcha. fury soundtracks type stuff. And I uh I sent it to uh, Josh Mallerman because I, I kind of based it on uh an image I had in my head from his book, Bird uh box. Wow. And so I was thinking about doing a whole thing like that and then i did some power pop stuff and that all that crap is on youtube but i don't really share it that much and i don't i don't do much of it because it doesn't there's no payoff yeah i guess at this point i'm not in a band so it's like yeah i don't have the time to just be sitting around noodling all the time and (laughs) yeah you know
0: exactly well cool man thanks for sharing that uh, little bit about the Schechter with us and uh I mean, it was just so cool to catch up with you finally and, and talk about yeah. your books. And you know, I encourage everyone to get out there and check out uh, Bruises on a Butterfly and The Bed Makers and check out the Creepy Couch YouTube channel. <laughs> Support chat and all the great things. Go out and buy a kid's book. <laughs> there we go. Oh, dude, you yeah. got full paper copies, man. Yeah. Oh gosh. They're good-looking books. They're good-looking books. Thank you. They are. They are. And we're going to have to get you back uh, when when uh, Creepy Couch blows up. You got to remember us when you're a rich YouTuber. <laughs> and I can tell all my kids I know. All my kids. I got three kids. Tell my kids I know. Hey, I know the guy who runs Creepy Couch. I know him. I know the Creepy Couch guy. Let's start that. calling you that. <laughs> 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 That's going to be a byproduct of you naming the channel that people are going to be like, you're the Creepy Couch guy. <laughs>
1: that's the creepy guy on the couch
0: there you go all right man well hey thanks so much for um joining me today chad and uh you guys know the deal subscribe to the channel uh subscribe to the podcast check out all the future episodes and chad we'll have to get you back sometime this year for another run man for sure
1: man i appreciate you having me
0: all right thanks